This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to A Bit of Culture. Uh, take two, should we say what happened behind the scenes? Um, somebody forgot Why to not? press Let's the record honest. button. <laughs> I wonder who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we've swapped things around. We've changed it up. Uh, keep it fresh for you folks. And so our, our two returning guests are, he is a producer on Morning Run, and he is suffering a little bit from a cold. So we have to forgive him if he if he sniffs and coughs. He is Mikey Gong. Hi, Ken. Good to be back. And don't worry, if I cough, I will pass it to you. Hopefully not anyway. Well, you shouldn't do. You're in Australia. And right. and he is, well, he used to be with BFM, but he's now the digital editor at Tatler Malaysia, Simwe Boon. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Yep. Well, we'll still welcome you back. Um, <laughs> even though you're good, to, good to be back here. Good yeah. To be back here. Um, and our three topics today will be, topic number one is, uh, did the toys that you played with as children come to define who you are today? Assuming by the way, you're not a child right now. <laughs> topic number two is uh, polyglot influences. And finally, topic number three is what is happiness? So uh, we begin with uh, a tribute to the movie Barbie that is out, um, which I have not yet seen, but I look forward to. And I'm looking uh, forward to it. Uh, Sim, you probably got some early viewing ticket, didn't you, through Tatler, did you? I, I mean, I did go because I was busy work, uh, but I plan to go maybe this weekend to watch okay. it. Right. Uh, I, well, well, I still, I'm still deciding between that or Oppenheimer or both. I don't know. Yeah. Both, to watch both. I'm, well, I, um, it, it, so therefore, um, I thought we'd have three men talk about Barbie. No, no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. No, I want to talk about the toys though, nonetheless. It made me think of the toys that I grew up with and it, it just made me question, have I become conditioned? Have I was I shaped into becoming the person I am today by the happenstance of the, cho- the toys that I played with? So I was talking to a parent um, a while back, and she was saying how she's got two children, a uh, boy and a girl, and she she tried to make sure that they had a sort of gender neutral upbringing that the girl wasn't being girly things, given girly things, and the boy wasn't being given boy things of guns, etc. And then when they got to the age where they were able, they were allowed to choose their own stuff, choose their own toys. The girl immediately looked to Barbie and the boy went to sort of action man and, and soldiers and stuff. And, and the, the, the mother was just like, these are not the children I was trying to raise. <laughs> and, and I, I'm the youngest of three boys. So a lot of the toys that I got were sort of inherited down the line. So I had, for instance, action man, action man is, I don't know if, People have never said exist, but he's sort of bigger than Barbie. And in America, I think he's called G.I. Joe. Uh, but after years of, of being thrown out of windows with, with a, a handkerchief as an umbrella, they were all like missing arms and stuff. So they were not a very strong fighting force. But I had these tiny little uh, soldiers and they're like a 10 millimeters tall. I had a mm. lot of them. And I would set them up in these enormous battles. I spent hours and hours and hours playing them. And, and it just so happens that now that I've grown up, I have a love of history. And um, if you go through my my books, there's quite a lot about kind of war. <laughs> Nothing I want to fight a war. And I guess I have become the toys I played with. Uh, I mean, Mikey, did what 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 toys did you have? Well, my experience parallels yours exactly, Cam. I had those little green ten centimeter um, army soldiers that I just used to create scenarios around. And I used to enjoy playing with 
planes, uh, model airplanes, uh, putting them together and all that. And as a result, I'm almost exactly the same as you. I have a f- fascination with military history, history in general, and in particular, military history, uh, aviation. So I can't say that those toys didn't shape who I've become or shape my interest because they definitely have. Now, one other toy, which I can't see uh, that I used to enjoy was those little blocky robot things that went... Mm-hmm. I can't believe they made that uh, song do. on air. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what's that. About. Yeah, yeah, Sim has right? no idea. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, they, and they just walk up and down in a straight line. And that's about all they did with flashing light. Now, did I go into robotics, uh, AI, or IT as a result of that? Nope, didn't. And apart no. from, you know, any, you know, a cursory interest in those subjects for my work, I don't really have any abide and uh, long lasting abiding uh, yeah. interest to be to enter robotics. Okay, so Sim, go. Sim, I imagine uh, you were up with your your toys were like the Yves Saint Laurent. Let's let's design the spring summer menswear fashion no, line. No. Um, I was really into. <laughs> I really liked a lot of Legos, uh, so I played a lot of Legos. There was tons of Legos. My parents would step on them and they would scream at me for it because I leave them <laughs> lying on the floor. Yeah, uh, and also a lot of action figures, you know, um, Transformers, Power Rangers, and all that stuff. So. Um, it was a very, uh, I guess, in those times, a very boyish thing to do. But I mean, I didn't end up becoming an architect or, you know, a builder because, you know, I like to build like houses and little things with the Legos, nor did I become, I don't know what action figures would turn you into, I guess. Yeah. So, but um, <laughs> they did develop in me, I guess, a sense of uh, love for all these comic and action movies, you know, a lot of these Marvel, Batman, DC things, you know, I, I really like them. You know, I watch them. Uh, I, I talk about them. Um, uh, Legos, I, I don't know how they, like, I don't know what, what it, what kind of impression left on me that I can think of now. Um, I just found it really fascinating. I guess because I, I like to solve puzzles. I like to do puzzles, but I was, mm. well, I wasn't patient enough to do puzzles or crossword puzzles when I was younger. I just wanted little toys and like, fix them up to look like what I saw in the box. But yeah, so I don't know um, if the toys that I played turned me to who I am today, but, um, and I don't know if that's like, that's the same for everyone, you know, because what happens to those people that don't have the privilege of playing toys, then mm. do they become devoid mm. of being now? I mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, there are certainly parents who... I- I mean, there are kids who grew up who couldn't afford them, of course, couldn't mm. afford. And then there are ones who had parents who said, no, you study, but I'm only three yeah. years yeah. old. Study. Or even now, even now, right, where most of the parenting that I see is that you give mm. them a tablet or a form of computer device mm. and they play games in that, right? So, you know, that was like unheard of when I was like five. But nowadays, it's not uncommon to see that. So what will that what kind of impression would that lead them to be 20 years from now? I can't even imagine it. Yeah. I think most most anthropologists and sociologists will agree that there's a that humans have a predilection to play from the very beginning. You uh the two things that are constant, one the need to work and one the need to play. And if you don't have any if not privileged enough to you to have any material uh toy and objects and as toys, then you'll fashion them somehow either using whatever's in front of you or around mm. you. 
or you fashion them in your head. Yeah. But that's fascinating, okay. right? What is the function of play? Like, why did we do that? Was it a form of relaxation or did we get joy from it? But where did the joy come from is something that I'm also questioning now. I, I think it's part of the whole learning process as, as you go from, you know, early childhood into adulthood. You learn to tinker with, uh, with concepts and ideas as, you know, uh, you know as, as you formalize thought processes. I mean, this is the idea behind Lego, isn't it, Sim? The best thing about Lego in the early days, not now, is that they gave you a bunch of blocks and you fashion whatever your mind came up, you know, came up with, or you know, and as opposed to these days when where they give, they've given you uh, the Lego blocks come in preformed. Yeah, I don't get that. You know, you build the Death Star or something. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. But I just want to finish with saying that I did. My mother moved house, so I had to take back all of my toys, and they're with me now. And mm. uh, and so I I retrieved all these uh, soldiers, and I really, when I was growing up, I spent hours and hours and hours playing yep. with these. And yet, when I saw them in front of me at the age of how old was I, forty something, I didn't know what to do with them. It's like I should I should mm. take them out and play with them. It's like, but my, my <laughs> brain had no. I don't I don't know how to do that now. Mm. Um, that's just sort of evaporated from from me, or or, or I just felt it would not give me any. Uh, which wouldn't be interesting. You've so, outgrown your toys. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, of the three of us, then I seem to be the most conditioned by my toys. Then Mikey and then Sim has has no relationship with, well, not no relationship, but but there's no clear line progression. I but also, okay, I'm curious though, because of what you said earlier when you explained this, were the toys something that you wanted or were they given to you by your parents? Because your friend, you mentioned that your friend was the one that was giving the toys to their kid and they then, you know, are surprised that it didn't work out the way they thought. Imagine it. So yeah, were, it, for you, was it, in, you know, in, was it in my case, it was mostly uh, hand-me-downs from my, from my older brothers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, and it was perhaps in a way, uh, a way for me to connect with, with them and they were not around. So maybe it was, it was that as well. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, I mean, but for instance, there was a big box of farmyard animals, and I, I, I didn't know what to do with those. Um, I would just sort of fed them to the soldiers, uh, <laughs> 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 which in my mind was a very gruesome moment. Anyway, we move on, and <laughs> and uh, we move on, and 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 so for topic number two, we're going to be uh, asking about polyglot influencers, Mikey Gong. Hmm. So a polyglot is someone who speaks or knows multiple languages. And I've noticed uh, recently there's been a rise of this trend on social media and on YouTube in general. Uh, you've got uh, self-proclaimed uh, polyglot, people like uh, Xiaoman NYC um, or Oriental Pearl. We even have a local Malaysian polyglot and, and, and Sifu Koresh who doesn't really claim to be polyglot, but he claimed to, to speak and teach Mandarin an accelerated pace. Now, I'm just curious as to why there's been so much attention and an interest in these uh, influence this, this particular segment of influencers, and what it, it actually says about our relation to languages, especially uh, coming from a country where it's actually normal to speak two or three languages. Uh, yeah, when you first mentioned this uh, topic. Uh, Mikey, I had no idea what you're talking about, but but now you've described it. I I kind of get. I have seen these, and um, it's um, 
it's surprisingly popular. So it's you know it's 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 a white guy usually mm. American white guy goes usually inside America, uh, and then suddenly speaks to somebody in Nigerian and the Nigerian fellow. That's story. right. Like, so, so surprised. So the the key thing is is a form of entertainment as a shock or novelty factor. Like uh, oh you know a white guy speaks Nigerian, Nigerian shopkeeper you know and a surprise and treats him like. Um, you know, uh, in a family journey. there's a whole set like, of it's, um, isn't, it, isn't it incredible? These everyday moments that can suddenly become like clickbaity and like, <laughs> yes, Sim, you you do know these, uh, these, are they, yeah, I, I don't influences? follow them, yeah, I don't follow them specifically, but I see them on TikTok and YouTube where you know, um, these videos of uh, these people speak multiple languages, mostly actually the one that I've noticed, uh, but I think it's some soft power propaganda thing from China where it's um, Africans speaking Mandarin living in China and talking about how great mm. their lives are but I think this is part of like some soft power propaganda thing but there is that level of fascination that you see in the comments and everything you know I don't know if this planted or not but you know I'm sure that there are people that are generally fascinated by it but I've also you know I've seen videos of uh, influencers or celebrities or people that you know are um, Caucasian people that speak Mandarin or speak Malay or just speak like something that is not English nor is it European uh, uh, usually Asian or South Asian uh, language and, and people are very fascinated by, by very impressed by it you know um, even though even though sometimes it's just very basic things that they're speaking like hello how are you I really like to eat this uh, of course I admire those that can really have really good comprehension or can read and write in it and all. And I'm sure those people are taking their time to learn the language and it probably helps them with work. But I think what Mikey is talking about is those that are very surface level ones that yeah. uh, it's so obvious that they're just doing this for cloud or for fame. And mm. um, you, you you just look at it if like, okay, why are we so impressed by that? Yeah, but why? Yeah, why? Why? But I guess... I mean- it's, it, I mean, it's wizards. They're wizards, aren't they? It, it's it defies. No, that's that. You can you can speak to these funny people. It's isn't it? It's just like um, it's just amazing. Yeah, we are, and it's funny because we, as Malaysians, you know, the common the common knowledge is that a lot of us speak multiple languages or dialects. You know, uh, English, Malay, Mandarin, uh, you know, Tamil. Uh, our own dialects, you know. So, you know, the ability to speak uh, in different tongues is is not uncommon here. But then why are we then fascinated when a tourist comes in and is able... I don't know if it's... I, I guess there's a line to be drawn, right? There's fascination and there's appreciation as well, right? Because you see a tourist come in and, you know, um, you see them trying to learn the local language and speak to uh, locals, um, that I guess there is a sense of appreciation because I know that in, the case, the, in reverse, the case is true, right? When you go to Japan or when you go to China and you as a tourist or foreigner try to speak the language, it's usually a much more warmer reception. Yeah, so it's, it's nice content. Mm. Um, uh, isn't it? So, I mean, Mikey, you've watched a few. What, what, what's your conclusion as to why we... Because we are kind of like uh, fascinated by this. Okay, first of all, I think that's a that's a general desire to cross cultural barriers. The same way that language divides us, it can actually unite us if I learn to speak another person's language. And that much is true. And you both of you mentioned warmer reception, and that's actually part of it. There's a slightly darker side, though, 
there's and I wonder whether there's an and there's a there's an unconscious bias when we see a certain group of people speaking a different language, whereas another group wouldn't get the same attention. Now, for example, what if I actually made a video uh, made a video, Sim Wei Boon goes to New York and speaks fluent English? How many views are I gonna get? Well, I'd, I'd watch it. <laughs> I'd, I'd and like so to would I. But, yeah. so two views and maybe. <laughs> Maybe three. If, if it, it, it could be watches. a journey in boredom, I guess, but uh, that could be fascinating in itself. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, so it's patronizing. It's it, it's it's slightly patron. I can't help but feel that's a slight. It's slightly condescending and patronizing. Although there's a bit of appreciation there as well. Some conflicted. Secondly, yes, I know that interested is clickbaity, but and in order to garner that recurring interest you see the titles get slightly more unrealistic like um uh new york you know white guy ghost and speaks fluent and nepalese of fluent swahili and that fluency uh, you know that fluency is delineated in terms of oh, maybe 20 words maybe even 30 yeah, so right. cynical. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i am you know uh, yeah yeah i and also i think though that it was um was it a trend? Or was it something that sort of like, uh, I feel like it's dropped off my algorithms. I, I feel like there was a time when it was a thing and it's now not so much of a thing. Um, um, that's great. That's great. I think uh, it, it, it moved and in line with the rise of uh, language learning apps like um, Duolingo, Rosetta, mm. uh, you know, and, and Babel. And this was actually especially prevalent during lockdowns when people started learning languages because they were just part of their skulls. Right. So right. as more people get exposed to languages, um, influence like this will probably just drop them and go, well, you're not doing anything really uh, interesting because, hey, guess what? I'm a Chinese, uh, Chinese Malaysian and I'm learning Latin or, you know, or Swahili or Klingon. Yeah. By the way, you know. So, so Sim, how are you going to make your... Um... Your Simway Boone goes to New York and speaks fluent English. Uh, a bit more, you know, clickbaity and a bit more interesting. I'll speak like I'm from Boston. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, God, I'll try, yeah. I guess. Yeah, not get beat up. Yeah, <laughs> please. No, but I, I do, I do. I think it's also this fascinating. I mean, like sometimes, you know, I do think like if I have the time, the money, and the the, the capacity, I'd like to learn to speak another language. It would, you know, maybe I'd like to learn to speak Italian because I like because we 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 also have these pop culture attachments, right? Like I like Japanese right. culture and I like Italian food, so it would be interesting to be able to learn to speak uh, Italian, you know, so that yeah. I can watch Italian movies uh, yeah. or Japanese so that I can watch Japanese movies in their native tongue, right? Like, uh, I have friends, I know people that are specifically, and they're like probably, they're Chinese and they've learned Russian because they want to read author books that are written by depressing Russian authors in their wow. language, you know? Yeah. So, I, I yeah. Try, but I, tried, so, I yeah. tried learning Russian actually on, on one, on Babel. It was on Babel and it, it didn't mm. work out. But, um, but Sim, I could see, I could so see you speaking Italian. It would just, <laughs> it, would, <laughs> it would be so you actually. Um, okay. Well, uh, so are you not recommending them? Are you, uh, Mikey, these, uh, things are you, you just sort of, I'm actually fascinated using, by them. Do you click, click, click? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm actually been using Duolingo for a few years. Um, what do you learn? And French uh, and Spanish and a little bit of Japanese. 
Because you're fluent in no. Australian, aren't you? Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey. Yeah, yeah. Crikey. <laughs> okay. So uh, well, we've got to move on then, and, and and good luck with all those languages there. And then um, and then you'll you'll stun us one day. Uh, and I would be stunned if I if you suddenly started speaking Spanish and Sim suddenly speaks Italian. I would be I would be absolutely stunned. All Let's try to, to stun him the next don't, time, Mikey. Yeah. The, all you need to know, Cam, is donde esta el ban and el bano, where is the bathroom? <laughs> You need to learn yeah, it. Really that's that's all, all you need to know, is it? All you need to know in 50 languages. <laughs> okay, so that's Spanish culture sorted out. Um, and so, but in a moment, we're going to come back and we're going to ask the, the big question. One of the biggest questions we've asked in a bit of culture is what is happiness? On Bit of Culture, BFM 89.9. And we're back uh, with myself, uh, Cam Raslan, Simway Boone, and Mikey Gong. And now, Sim, you want to ask the big question what is happiness? Yes. So, um, it was just something that came across my mind, uh, you know, um, when I was asked to do this show. <laughs> I was wondering what to talk about. It, it was something I thought of maybe like a couple of weeks ago and all. Not, not that I was going through an existential crisis or anything. I just, I, it's just a curious thought that like, or maybe uh, one of those things where you, people say is a, uh, what, a shower thoughts or something. Uh, where, you know, yeah, what is happiness? You know, is it getting what you want or is it the pursuit of getting that of which that you want? Because I found I find I find it to be an interesting conundrum, right? Because depending on who you speak to, or even uh, or how you question yourself, w- when you get something that you want, um, you're happy. But it's usually fleeting because after a while, you want something else. So does that mean that you're actually addicted to it, or you are the pursuit of wanting something is happiness, right? So um, I I don't have the answers to this question. I think it's a ever green question is a question that even the smartest of people in the world have pondered but uh you two are probably the smartest people that i know so i pondered oh, this question to you first of all the, the the definition that you've kind of given gives the sense that happiness is a temporary blip as opposed mm. to a a long-lasting state of mind that that uh, uh, that you just inhabit. Do you do you agree? though? No, is happiness I, I, fleeting? I think that might be a different word. That might be uh, joy or something else. I mean, I, the if if we go back to the uh, Declaration of Independence, or yeah. or is it? the Gettysburg decree I have no idea but one of them in America there's the phrase <laughs> declaration of independence okay life life liberty and the, the pursuit of happiness I think it's the beginning of Star Wars episode four and uh, <laughs> and in that definition as written in the 1770s the the word happiness meant not um a temporary thing as in I've just got a hot dog and I'm happy but it meant um a, a cohesion uh within a community so pursuit of happiness was to have a balanced, contented community, a city and a country. Um, so it was okay. not about an, it's not about the individual then. Or could it have meant a freedom, freedom from tyranny and oppression? Uh, yeah, could also. Yeah. I mean, the historical context in which it was written is vitally important. I think we were trying to unpack what the word happiness means there. Hmm. But do you think that has also changed, right? Um, it's interesting because 
that 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 declaration that you know happiness is not a self thing it was a community thing i think that that has changed over the years people mm. have become more selfish you know it, it used to be or at least you know from what i feel like it, right like, like you know people were content with other people being happy in a community it was more communal but now we've become so much more individualistic in our pursuit of happiness where you are placed, you know, where, where you are, you're putting yourself, I'm not saying that's wrong, there is a heavier, but it's true, you know, there is a heavier emphasis on uh, placing yourself first, right? You know, this is not about us, this is not about you, this is not about the person next to me, but this is about me. And you, you, you tend to take a role where I, I have to do this, it might hurt other people, but my happiness is what comes first. And I feel like that is a prevailing uh, thinking nowadays. And I don't know if that's for the better or for the worse. So it's it's not enough that I succeed. Um, others must fail. <laughs> not not exactly like I, that. It's, I, I it's don't more think so. like yeah. It's more like what I do. I put myself first instead of everyone, right? And that has somewhat spilled towards the zeitgeist of the day, including how politics work and everything. Yeah, because yeah. you know, we no longer. I no longer see politicians that. I mean, they they say they talk about a common good, but none of them actually act towards it you know everyone's so antagonistic with each other uh of course they use the language of like this is for us this is for me right mm -hmm. and, and everyone accepts that you know everyone just accepts that whereas maybe 20 years ago if a politician or someone influential were to say something in that language you'd be like that's that's you know that's that's not very nice that's this yeah. that's not you know that's not good yeah yeah okay so mikey sam you work for tatler which uh, is a magazine, a lifestyle magazine catered to the top 1% uh, of the population. Um, what makes them happy? I mean, what drives happiness? I see a lot of ads for expensive watches that I'll never be able to afford or cars that, you know, that I'll never see, be able that, to drive. Yeah, so so that that's when you talk about physical, it's, it's physical objects, right? Where, um, the, you know, that's what luxury, for some, for a lot of people, Luxury is something that you pursue and try to attain, right? But it, it, I think it's different for different people, right? Um, when you talk to some people, um, it, to the, the, they work hard and they try to buy this really expensive watch or really expensive bag. Not because, I mean, maybe for some because they like it, they appreciate it. But for some others, it's, it's a marker uh, and a symbol of something, whether be it that they work really hard, uh, then they want to buy something to reward themselves because it's telling them that like, look, my achievements, I can hold it now. This this Rolex watch is a symbol that I put a lot of hard work in these past 10 years or I've, all the work that I put in to sell this car or whatever because I'm a salesman. So it might be a physical manifestation yeah. of their success. For others, it's an act of love, right? You know, you, you buy something that is expensive, but it's not common. No, not everyone yeah. walks around with it and you give it to someone that you care about because this is a way for you to tell them like this is how I show my appreciation to you yeah, and yeah. all of that also leads back to happiness but it's their physical manifestation of happiness they yeah, are those that are addicted to experiences they don't yeah. want to buy nice cars but they want to drive really fast which also costs money but that brings us then to I think I think we have to we have, we have to remember though that uh, perhaps the human body you know we we three are speaking from a privileged position insofar mm. as we are not in fear of hunger. Um, yes. We're confident that we have a roof over our heads. And 
And we would hope that if we do work, that we're going to be working upwards, up the chain. Mm. And and it might be that the human body is simply it, it, it the, the body's search for happiness simply needs to be fulfilled in those ways. It has no way of comprehending what a Rolex is, um, what Correct. a Rolex can mean. Perhaps we've entered a realm of uh, where the, the human brain and evolution is just... just well, I guess, no, us. for that, there's yeah. different levels of happiness, right? Depending on your background, where you are, um, happiness applies differently, right? For those that are less privileged than us, um, for them, happiness is very simple. That's why there's always this like archetype, right, where um, people... You know, they, they always show a movie of like a really rich, successful businessman, but he's not happy because he has too many things going on as compared to just that simple waiter or simple person that have a simple life and all he wants to do is just go back to his family. So it's very interesting that how different people view happiness as yeah. well. Well, I need to know that the 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 super rich person is not happy because otherwise I would be <laughs> unhappy. That's the only way I can get any happiness is to know that he's unhappy, that money means nothing. Um but absolutely you see we, we were speaking german already um so, so uh i'm sorry sorry to hog the, the time but I, I think we need to also ask the opposite of happiness is unhappiness um and we speak about happiness as if it it's a goal that is a, it's a right it's a right and the unhappiness is something that we need to expunge and we can medicate away mm. And it's not a real thing, but I think that mm. unhappiness and happiness perhaps they're part and parcel of the same thing. I I, I disagree. I think the opposite of happiness is a sense of non-happiness, because when when Sim was talking about this uh, um, and uh, you know uh, about the pursuit of happiness, that old traditional Chinese saying came into my head. Like when you talk to an old person, and they and they and they shut you up with this phrase. I've eaten more salt than you've eaten rice. I think <laughs> so. What and asking why is that phrase coming up at this time when Sim's talking about happiness? I realized it's a counterpoint to hit to what Sim's saying. They'll probably say, Why are you talking about happiness? It's not important. Survival is, you know, getting through the day mm. and, I, and, you know, bashing through suffering is the goal, not achieving happiness. And mm. I think there's something actually quite profound in that. And it relates to what you're saying, Ken. Mm. Mm. These old oh. Chinese men are built different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, we'll we move on. But I would just say, Sim, you know, good luck with that. Uh, I hope you I hope you find what you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> I hope I do too, and I hope we all do. <laughs> I hope we all do. I hope we all do. Um, it, but it's the biggest question. Who knows? I mean. Yeah, what is happiness? So uh, we'll move on, though, to the final part of the show, recommendations, where we recommend something that we think might be of interest. My recommendation, um, I think, actually, it's one of the first recommendations I ever made, and I'm just going to say it again, which is, I, I kind of, it just really struck me just yesterday. I love reading. I really, I really you love do? It. Yeah, oh, I really no, love Really? It. <laughs> no, and I read it, and I kind of understand, and I suddenly really realize why. Because in our regular lives, when we're doing things, we are invariably doing things uh, for others, or it might be work that we didn't necessarily imagine at the beginning. Here's a project. I mean, I have a business. This is a project. I want you to do this. Uh, like, Sim, you know, you didn't invent Tatler. I mean, you, you're probably enjoying working there, but it's not like I your do. thing. So you're, you're sort of bouncing around with different um, 
topics. But when when you when you read, you're 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 absolutely embarked on your own personal journey, and you are putting yourself into a deep dive um, and a real immersion in something long form. And it's this is your choice. You chose this, and then when you finish reading that book, you'll read another book which could be completely different. But that only you would ever have joined those dots, and your it's your search. Um, and it's a time when you actually find have a chance to connect with you. And because sometimes I think I certainly feel it that, that you can you can lose a sense of who you are. Um, because if you're just constantly reacting to what other people need, then it, you can lose it. And, but when you when you read, you 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 really are locked into you, immersed, so, immersed, like you said earlier, you're immersed into it. Yeah. So you're recommending reading, right? Yeah, it's as simple as that. <laughs> it really is. Read reading a book. Um, well, and if you've never done it before, give it a try. You might like it. Uh, any I, book? Yeah. Any or book? Just all books. I I I would say any book. Actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah, anything, whatever takes your fancy. I would rec. I would not recommend any particular book. So that's my recommendation. Um, Mikey, what's yours? Okay, <clears throat> my recommendation, spurred by the recent uh, screenwriters uh, strike. Um, at first, I thought to myself, "Well, this is important." I realized, is it? I've not really liked any great end movies in the last five to ten years, um, and. I don't mind, I, you know, and you know, and I think I've tried for a good thing because why? Because I've, I've and it allows me to go back to shows that I've actually really um, appreciated in the past. One of them is Frasier. Uh, mm. So I recommend Frasier, the TV series that I actually skipped over in the nineties when it came out, and re- recently rediscovered only a few years um, ago. It's chock full of literary, academic. References that, at the risk of sounding condescending, I'm not sure your average person or even your above average person would be able to to get. I find myself confused and at the same time um, uh, amused by uh, the references to Shakespeare, to Freud, to wines, to food, to foreign languages, to the use of foreign languages, um, French and German are dropped, or in Italian, or, and, and, <laughs> okay, yeah. and it's dropped. <laughs> You know, willy nilly, and and wow. the show. so I just find it a very unique and different show, and I thoroughly recommend it for those who have not yeah. checked it out. And they did like two hundred and forty episodes. Or something. Yes, incredible. they did. More than uh, ten seasons, which I which I don't well, understand. I so yeah, and I, I don't understand how a show like that could have survived for that long because I could not would not be able to imagine today's audience uh, having any interest beyond the pilot episode or even two episodes of it. Before well, I mean, he was a pre-existing character in it from another very popular show. Uh, Cheers, yes. So, I mean, people, people were up to speed. But, Mikey, there was talk that they were going to do a reboot. Uh, 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 they were going to do Frasier again, yes. like now. They, oh, they're going to ruin they it. Have. Yeah. They, oh, they, they have. I think they, I think they have, and uh, I'm not touching it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're not going to um, go near there's it. There's something no? I'm not... I'm not, there's something about keeping things are as they are, and uh, you can call me old fashioned, but uh, no, I agree. Things are just I agree. Yeah, yeah, so I you, you, you like nine Frasier? out of ten times reboots are crap. Yeah, you, you like Frasier, Sim? 
Uh, I was uh, I never finished I because I think it was not during my time. I've watched episodes of it. Uh, um, I, I think it's good and it's nice, but I just there's so many of it, so I I um I I didn't finish it and watch it. And and it, I think it goes back to why why Frasier was around because there weren't a lot of choices back then. The TV networks dictated what to watch, but now there's so many choices. That's why everything is so much shorter because you're trying to catch attention because there's so many options mm-hmm. around there. So you want people, you quickly put out one season so that you catch people's attention and if it doesn't catch it, then you just dump it. Yeah, yeah. Which is why you need to read a book. But anyway, uh, Frasier. Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, Frasier's really good. Frasier's really good. I love Frasier. Um, yeah. So uh, that's, that's that blast from the past recommendation. So uh, we'll move on then to Sim. What's yours? So um, I'm going to recommend this Twitter account that I find very fascinating. Uh, the account uh, goes by the name of Die Workwear, D-I-E-W-O-R-K-W-E-A-R. Hey, so um, I know I know that one, Sim. Yeah. I know that you, one. You yeah. follow that? Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So he goes by the name Derek Guy. Um, that's just his name. He's ca- based in California, but there's no other information about it. But what's fascinating is he tweets about menswear, but he's not just an average guy tweeting about like, this is a great he does it so with a lot of information he talks about tailoring he talks about where to buy uh, expensive clothes uh, to affordable clothes he, he talks about the importance of built and quality and, and I find it so educated so many information it's, it's also quite divisive because people has called him like so you want everyone to wear a suit and he routinely tells them like, no I'm just telling people this is how to dress well this is how I think dress well this is good tailoring uh, and he also did and, and he also like um, I think he subtly uh make fun of conservative politicians, which I think is very funny. Um, his recent trend that I really enjoyed was a trend on King Philip, the King of Spain, and the suit that he wore in Wimbledon. And he talked about how, you know, it's both subtle and well done. And I just find it, it's very nice. It's very good read. It's very informative. And I I, I recommend anyone, uh, those that are even not into clothes, to, to just give, check his account out and, and see the things that he writes. Because, you know, he... he puts history behind it as well. He talks about the origins of certain looks uh, and he talks about, and he gives voices to a lot of uh, tailors around the world that he thinks are really cool. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a fascinating account. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I've been reading it. And, um, and he, I mean, one of the things that he does look at is how a lot of men are wearing suits, clothes, which have like two sizes too small for them. Yeah, exactly. And he's <laughs> like, it's so, it doesn't look nice. <laughs> yeah. I have to agree. I have to agree. <laughs> yeah, the trousers are up by, the, by their knees and uh, yeah, it looks stupid. Um, okay, so so what what's the name again? Dye Workwear, D-I-E-W-O-R-K-W-E-A-R. Uh, I know, uh, Mikey, you'll be straight there. <laughs> Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to go. No, I, 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 I go check it out, Mikey. He's he's written. Uh, you have to scroll back, but he's also written about military influences on garments, and he you can tell that the guy has read a lot and he's really into history as well. Yeah, and it's and okay, it's really it's, and, and also the, the the impetus is to to make fun of conservative politicians and the clothes. Yeah, so, but well, he's also made fun of liberal. He made fun of like Joe Biden and that 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 G twenty summit and how all the people standing there and their suits weren't really nice and it's funny and like yeah, it's it's yeah. nice, it's nice. Okay, um, okay. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's show, and only remains for me now to thank a special honored guest, uh, Mikey Gong. Thank you. Thank you, Cam. And it's great to be back on again. Uh-huh. And I and I think that I think that we've helped you recover from your cold. You sound better now than you did at the beginning. 
hundred percent better. I read, I read around a marathon. See you guys next week yeah, yeah. when I when I finish. And if and, I finish, yeah, you you won't. Don't do it. And um, thank you to Simway Boone. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And are you off to like you know, Milan Fashion Week or anything just yet? Yeah. I know. Um, I'm just going to be at happiness. home. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please, please learn Italian, Sim. I really. I, I, I do. I, I, I might you. try. I might try to download Leo, Duolingo and uh, learn. Because it, it'd be so cool if you spoke Italian. I would be. I'd like that's clickbait to me. So, um, <laughs> that, thank you, and um, please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM eighty nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind. Download the BFM app.